Today, I want to welcome you. We're in a Bible teaching series called, uh, on the subject of painkillers. Now, that seems like two words that would not go together, uh, the Bible and painkillers, but I want you to know today that I know the ultimate painkiller and the pain taker, and his name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? So when we look at the Word of God, we begin to realize that God's Word has a lot to say about pain in our life. And so when we're talking about painkillers, the big idea, is this big idea that you may want to write down, and that is this, where do people run when they're hurting? When you are hurting in your life, where do you run to? Where do you go? Now, we all know that all of us are subject to pain in our life. We're subject to pain just because we live in a fallen world. And uh, we all know that we have people that hurt us, uh, that people disappoint us. Uh, we know that we, a lot of us have experienced all kind of pain in our life. The pain of divorce, the pain of destruction, the pain of devastation, the pain of death. So the question that we have to deal with is where do you run when you're hurting? And when we think about the subject of painkillers, when we get hurt, what do you do? Where do you run to try to ease the pain? And we discovered this, and I want you to write this down for me. People that run from something always run to something. That is, if you're hurting me, then the natural reaction of what I'm going to do is I'm going to run away from you. And so when I run away from pain, I'm always going to run to something to try to get away from the pain. And if you don't run to the right place, then the pain that you're running from is going to be duplicated or even, even worse if you go to the wrong place to try to find the solution for the pain that you're experiencing. And so if you run to the wrong place, the pain is going to get worse. What if what you ran to isn't the right painkiller? Then the pain is going to get worse and worse and worse in your life. And so far in this series, you want to write this down. We talked about two painkillers already. We talked about the painkiller of isolation. People go into isolation when they get hurt. And what has happened in that sermon, more people have called and texted and emailed about that message than probably any I've ever preached. They've said to me, Brother Jackie, uh, that hit me right between the nose. Uh, it just, it was right where I am. I got hurt and I ran into isolation. When you run into isolation, you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants to isolate you. He wants to get you by yourself to cause you more pain. And so what we found in that message is the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion and he's roaming about seeking whom he may devour. So really what the devil wants to do to you is to cut you from the herd, to get you by yourself, to bring destruction to your life, and that's what isolation does. Last week, we talked about the painkiller of inappropriate relationships. That is, when people are in a relationship and they get hurt, a lot of times they'll run into the wrong relationship. And that inappropriate relationship will bring all kinds of pain with it. And we discussed last Sunday that there is the chase of the inappropriate relationship, the charm of the inappropriate relationship, the catch of the inappropriate relationship, the consequences of it, and then we talked about what is the cure of it. So we realized that we discovered in, in last Sunday that there were a lot of ways to have an inappropriate relationship. We even talked about one guy uh, that was having 
having inappropriate relationship with this computer. And uh, it's not just a person. It can be a lot of different things. So we talked about that last Sunday. Now today I want to talk about painkiller number three. And that is simply this, an independent spirit. An independent spirit. When you get hurt and you've got pain in your life and you get an independent spirit, will that cause you more problems? And there are people that I know that when they get hurt, they get this independent spirit about them. Like, I don't need my family, or I don't need church, or I don't need anybody. I can live life by myself. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to put myself in a position to get hurt again. And what happens is, this independent spirit is a very destructive spirit in a person's life. I heard about a family who had a little girl, four years old, who, and they were going to have dinner one night together as a family. And the family all came to the dinner table and they all sat down in their chair except the little girl. The little girl's name was Molly. And the father said to Molly, Molly, she's four years old, Molly, you need to come in and sit down at the dinner table with the rest of us. And Molly said, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to sit down. Now she's four years old. And the father said, Molly, please take your seat. We're about to give thanks for our food. And Molly, we want you to sit down in your chair. She said, I don't want to sit down. And so the father said, Molly, if you don't sit down in your chair, you're going to have to be punished. Now I said, sit down at the table. Reluctantly, Molly sat down at the table and the father had the blessing over the meal. And he looked at Molly and he said, now Molly, uh, that wasn't so bad, now was it? To which Molly replied, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You know what? That's the way a lot of people are. Uh, they, even though they comply, uh, they still got a bad spirit about them. And even though Molly was sitting down on the outside, the rebellion inside of her said, I'm standing up on the inside. Have you ever been like that? Have you ever maybe complied but you didn't want to and you had that independent spirit? As we turn our attention to the painkiller, the independent spirit, many times when people get hurt, disappointed, they will choose the painkiller of an independent spirit to which they will try to deal with their pain. Now, won't you listen to me? Are you listening? Say amen. When we turn to an independent spirit, many, many times that spirit poisons us with a lot of poisonous venom. For example, when we have an independent spirit, we will be poisoned with meanness. We will be rude. We'll have bitterness. We will blame people. We'll have rebellion. We'll have a coldness of heart. We'll have a snugness about us. And it will, listen to me, it will ultimately destroy your life. Let me ask you, have you ever fallen victim to an independent spirit? Have you ever found yourself with that kind of spirit that you said, I'm not going to comply? I, I'm, I'm not going to do, I got hurt. So because I got hurt, I'm going to choose to be, have an independent spirit. I've seen it in families where family members have made that decision uh, to have an independent spirit and it destroyed the family. I've seen it in the workplace where employees have decided, I'm going to get an independent spirit and it causes havoc in the workplace. I've seen it in churches where people get hurt in churches. And yes, you can get hurt in churches. But I've seen it to where people have adopted an independent spirit in the church and what it does is it causes 
all kind of problems. And this painkiller breeds devastating results. The Bible is filled up with story after story after story of people who made that decision. The nation of Israel is one of the best pictures of people who made that decision to have an independent spirit. The Bible tells us that God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He blessed them miraculously. They were led across the Red Sea. They got on the other side of the Red Sea. They began to experience pain in their life, some things that made them uncomfortable. What did they do? Rather than trust God, they began to gripe, complain. They began to point their finger at the leader. They began to have all kinds of problems in their life. And because of that, they wandered 40 years around in the desert. And God was putting them to the test, but they failed the test. And you remember what I've told you if you've been around Eden Westside long enough. If you fail the test, somebody tell me, you got to take it over again. And if you fail the test and you experience and you incorporate into your life an independent spirit, then that independent spirit is going to bring damage to your life. The independent spirit says these words, write it down. I want to do it my way. Frank Sinatra's famous song, I Did It My Way, is the anthem of the independent spirit. The independent spirit causes people to say, I got hurt and I'm going to close myself off and choose the painkiller of an independent spirit. Now, I want you to understand something very closely and clearly. There is, some, there is an entirely different mindset between having determination versus an independent spirit. I think that we all ought to have determination in our life. I think that we ought to be driven by determination. I believe that determination causes us to move forward. There's a vast difference between having determination versus having an independent spirit. Now, let me kind of explain to you. Baby, give me that umbrella right there. Let me explain to you to kind of set it off today of what I'm talking about. So before we start studying today, all of you will kind of understand what an independent spirit is and how it operates. Now I'm about to op open this umbrella. Some of you are going to go into panic mode because you go, oh my gosh, Brother Jack, if you open an umbrella in the house, you're going to have what? Can I just tell y'all, I don't believe in luck, I believe in him, all right? So I'm going to open it, all right? So, so here's the thing. <clears throat> this, this umbrella is a perfect picture of, of, of God's protection over our life. And so God sets up protection over our life. And that protection is what we call his covering. And so when we become a child of God, what we do is we get under God's covering. And the devil, the Bible says, the devil is shooting fiery darts at us. And as long as we're under this covering, the devil cannot hit us with the fiery darts because we are covered by God's protection. But if I get hurt or something goes south in my life and I've got pain and I say, you know what? I'm not gonna be under this covering anymore. Then what happens is that independent spirit drives me out from under God's protection. And when I get out here, I become subject to the attacks of the devil. And because of that, it brings terrible consequences to my life. Same thing with a husband. If a husband is under the authority of God and he's going to raise his family right according to the word of God, he stays under this authority right here. But if he gets out from under it, 
He subjects himself and his whole family to the attacks of the devil. Same thing with a wife that gets out from the, the, under the covering of her husband. The Bible gives us a way for us to stay protected. But if we choose to have an independent spirit and we get out from under this protection, we set ourselves up for more pain. Can I get an amen? So you've got to stay under the covering. You've got to stay right here in order for God to be able to finish his work in your life. So when we think about this, the first thing that we got to look at today is the reason for an independent spirit. Why, don't, why, is, it, why is it real? Why, what is it that causes an independent spirit? Well, I want you to open your Bible and we'll be looking there, first of all. What is the reason for an independent spirit? First of all, the devil initiated it. The devil initiated it. Anytime there is a spirit that's an independent spirit, it's because it originated from the devil himself. See, when God set it all up, he set it all up for us to be in fellowship with him. But we know that the devil was an angel. And the angel, the devil, was not just here on this earth. He was in heaven. And so when the devil became the devil, he chose in heaven to have an independent spirit. Now I want you to open your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 14. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. All right, now while you're turning there, to chapter 14, verse number 12, there's some words that I'm going to encourage you to mark in your Bible. The Bible says in verse number 12, how art thou, what's that word? Fallen. Underline that in your Bible. An independent spirit will always cause you to fall. It's not going to put you up. It's, go, it's not going to promote you. It's always going to demote you. So when you look there, it says, you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will say it together. Be like the Most High God. If you'll notice in verse number 12, you'll see the descent from heaven to this earth. You'll see the demotion that Satan experienced in his life. He says, you have fallen. Every time you choose an independent spirit, you are going, going to fall. It's not going to promote you. It's going to demote you. The Bible says, the next word I want you to underline in verse number 12, is you are cut down. In other words, I had a plan for your life. I had somewhere for you to be and something for you to do. But because you chose the independent spirit, you are cut down. You're not going to be that person that I wanted you to be. God has a purpose for your life. But the devil, he was demoted from heaven because of an independent spirit. So independent spirit was initiated from Satan himself. But folks, don't miss this. We inherited it. We inherited that spirit because the Bible tells us that in Romans 3, 23, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that every one of us in our fallen nature, it's a natural thing for us to choose the same spirit that Satan has of himself. 
That is, because we have inherited the fallen nature of Adam, every one of us, every one of us inherited this independent spirit. Not one of us, not two of us, not three of us, but all of us. So the fact of the matter is, and remember what I'm about to tell you, we all have to fight against it because it's part of the fallen nature of who we are. Every one of us, when we get hurt and we have pain in our life and we, we choose to, to run away from the pain and we say, well, I'm going to go over here and have an independent spirit. I don't have to listen to nobody. I don't have to be around nobody. I don't have to be under anybody's authority. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I can do what I want to do. Let me tell you, my friend, the devil is setting you up for more pain in your life. The devil is setting you up for failure. Now, it may not happen immediately, but eventually you're going to have problems because of an independent spirit. So we realize then that we, the devil initiated it, we inherited it. Let's say that all together. Everybody, are y'all ready? Here we go. The devil initiated it. One more time, everybody. The devil initiated it. Now we're going to change it. Are you ready? We're going to say the devil initiated it and I inherited it. Are y'all ready? So let's do it. The devil initiated it. Y'all wasn't as loud that time as you was on the Wii. You know what? It's, it's easy to say y'all got it. But it's tough to say, I also have it. And every one of us have to fight that. Every one of us have to battle that independent spirit. So when you get hurt and you're in pain and somebody does something to hurt you, if you choose an independent spirit, you're walking right down the path Satan wants you to walk down. He wants to set you up for failure. So what he will say is, because you are hurting, the best remedy for your pain is to become independent. And because he, 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 he coaches you into that, he sets you up for pain that's greater than the pain that you've been experiencing. Now, we have to understand something, the reality of the independent spirit. Now, this is important for you to listen to, the reality of it. Now, if you've been around here long enough, you've been taught this, but a lot of you are new. And I want to make sure you understand this. We have to realize that we live in a world that is a reality world. Uh, we're doing church on Sunday night, and all, those of you that were here last Sunday night, you begin to realize the rawness of the real world. We call it reality church. So if you want to see reality church, you come on Sunday night because it's as raw as it gets. But I want you to know this. The reality of the independent spirit, the first thing to write down is what we call the natural man. Now, when we look at our life as fallen in our sin nature, we are born into this world as what's called a natural man. Now, listen to me. Write this down. A natural man, or write it beside that, is a person that is lost without Jesus. They don't know Christ. They've never been born again. They don't have the Spirit of God to guide them and direct them. Every choice that they make is a choice that is defined and designed by the culture that they live in. So they are lost without Jesus. They are what's known, and you may want to remember this, as a dichotomy. 
That is, God created us as a triune creation, body, soul, and spirit. But when we're born in this world, our spirit man is dead. Our body's alive, our mind is alive, but our spirit man is dead. Thus Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus said, how can I be born when I'm old? How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born the second time? And God said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can I get an amen? So we look there together. We realize that we have a group of people that are what we call the natural man. The natural man is a man that is lost without Christ. The natural way that they are going to try to get away from pain is how the world says to do it. So the world says, when you get hurt, you do it your way. When you get pain in your life, you, you choose an independent spirit and you get a little attitude about you. And you go, you know what, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Ha, how about that? I'm going to choose my own way, make my own decisions. I'm grown. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I don't have to answer nobody. I'll do, I don't have to go back to church. I don't have to do that. Yada, yada, yada. And the devil's going, right on, buddy. You are right. That's exactly what you need to do. You need to get that little cocky, independent spirit about you, and you need to just bow up, and you don't let nobody tell you. Way to go. You don't let nobody tell you what to do. And the devil's on the sideline just cheering you on as a natural man to set you up for failure. Can I get an amen? But then there's a second man, and that's a spiritual man. Now, a spiritual man is a man that's born again. He knows Jesus as his Savior. But not only is he born again and knows Jesus as his Savior, he's full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, his life is being guided and directed by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He, the voice of the Spirit speaks and he obeys it. And watch this. He stays in sync with God. He stays, he does what God says. He obeys the Word of God. It's not comfortable. It's not always easy. But he knows that in pain, the spiritual man, watch this now, write this down. The spiritual man, before he reacts in the flesh, he asks this question, write it down. God, what are you trying to teach me? God, what are you trying to show me? God, how are you trying to shape me? I got hurt, I get that. I got pain, I get that. But before I flaw off the handle and get crazy, God, what are you trying to say to me? How can I stay in sync with you? That's the spiritual man. But then there's a third man that's called the carnal man. Now, the carnal man is a man that is saved. He is a Christian. But his decisions and his reactions is not dominated by obedience to the Spirit of God, all of a sudden, his decisions are dictated by his flesh. Paul said to the church of Corinth, I wanted to speak to you as spiritual, but I couldn't. So because I couldn't talk to you as a spiritual church, I had to talk to you as babes in Christ. Why? Because you're carnal. 
You are yet carnal. You're not spiritual. So Paul comes in to the church of Corinth. That is a disaster. It says, you know what? You guys don't even know how to get along. You don't know how to deal with things. Because of that, you are babies in Christ. I'm going to have to feed you milk rather than meat. I gotta, you're, not even off, you're not even off the, the teething ring yet. You, you've got to realize that you're operating in the flesh. So a carnal Christian is a Christian that will go to heaven, but while they're on the earth, they allow the flesh to make the decisions for them. So, so what happens is somebody hurts them, they go through pain in their life, and listen, I'm not demoting pain and hurt because it's real. We've all been there. And we've all, I don't know about you, but I know about me, Sometimes I have allowed the flesh to interrupt the spiritual leadership of God in my life. Have you already done that? And because of that, what happens is I'm not in sync with God. And whenever I'm not in sync with God, I'm out from under that authority. And when I get out from under that authority, the devil has a field day with my life. And he begins to bring more destruction, more pain. You see, when I operate as a carnal Christian, and I'm not spiritual, what I run from that hurts me will push me into something that's going to hurt me more. And I'm going to end up saying these words, I wished I had not have done that. In other words, when you are a carnal Christian and you have an independent spirit, write this down, you will have many regrets. Many regrets. You will say, I wished I had not done that. I wished I had not chose to do that. I should have asked God in my pain, in my hurt, what are you up to? What are you trying to teach me? But rather than doing that, I operated in the flesh rather than the spirit. And when you operate in the flesh rather than the spirit, you are doomed for more pain. The book of Galatians chapter 5, verse number 20, 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now what does that mean? It means that the works of our flesh, our fallen nature, when we operate in them, they're going to be seen. They're going to be manifest. And then he gives a list. He says, These are, this is what's going to happen. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variant, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy. And he goes on, talks about envy and murder, and drunkenness, revilings, and such. You know what revilings Revilings, It's partying. In other words, you get off in, in your flesh and you run away from what's hurt you and then you find yourself acting, are you ready for this? The fool. Anybody here ever acted the fool? So we got three honest people in this building today. So when I, when I get hurt and, and I, I, I forget that I'm a spiritual man and I start doing it my way, then I'm going to be pushed into the manifestation of the works of the flesh. And that's going to bring, are you ready for this, more pain. More pain. When you're out of sync with God, you're going to have more pain. So we have to ask ourselves then, what is the ruin of the independent spirit? How will the independent spirit ruin your life? 
What's it going to do to you if you choose when you're hurting to go that route? Now, the book of Luke, and I want you to open it up to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Most of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture. It's the story of the prodigal son. And we find here a son of a man that chose to get an independent spirit. And I'm sure that if you read this whole story, that at the end of that story that, that's given, you will find that there were two brothers in the story and, and they were in conflict with one another. And I don't believe the conflict was just at the end of the, of the story. I believe it was probably evident all along. And the Bible says in the beginning of Luke, chapter 15 and verse number 11, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of goods that falleth to me. Now what he was saying is, I'm tired of living like I'm living. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to wait till you die to get my inheritance. I want it now. I want it my way. I want to get away from you. I want to get away from the authority in my life. I don't want you telling me what to do no more. I'm done. I want you to give me what's mine, and I want it now. Independent spirit. I don't want to wait on God. I don't want to deal with hurt anymore. I don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. I'm tired of the mess I'm in. Uh, I've, I've got it. Oh, life is awful for me. I don't like being here. I don't like being under your house. I, your rules stink. Everything about you is bad. I want out of here. And I want what I want now. The Bible says that the Father divided unto them his living which according to Jewish rule, law was totally contrary to what was supposed to happen. And so we see here that this boy got an independent spirit. And so he says to his father, I don't want this no more. And I'm sure that in his life there were pain uh, that was connected to that. I don't know what it was. I don't know, maybe his dad told him to do something he didn't want to do. Maybe there was conflict in the home. Maybe he was just tired of being the good boy. I don't know what it was. But whatever it was, I want what I want now. And I want it done my way. I, I don't want to be subject to everybody else. I want what I want. And the Bible tells us in the next verse, in not many days, and by the way, you need to underline your Bible, because if you get an independent spirit, it won't be long till you start having problems in your life. The Bible says, Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there, what did he do? Wasted his substance with riotous living. Remember what Brother Jack is about to tell you. An independent spirit will cause you to waste your life. It will cause you to waste what God has purpose for your life. And if you'll notice it, it says that he wasted his substance on riotous living. And by the way, for those of you that are listening, when you're out of the will of God and you're not where you ought to be, and you, got, you get hurt and you go, I'm never going back to church. I'll just hang out with the boys down at the Fuzzy Mew or wherever. <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
They'll hang out with, long, with you as long as you got money. Or as long as you got something that will benefit them. But when that's over, listen to me, it's over. Because you will find yourself alone. You will find yourself by yourself. And the Bible says he wasted his substance on riotous living. And the word of God says that when he had spent it all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. What did this independent spirit do for him? He's wasted everything he's had. He's wasted his blessings. And now he's in a place, and the Bible says he began to be in want. In other words, he began to realize, I need more than what I've got. And the Bible says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And the citizen that he joined himself to sent him to feed the pigs in the field. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that he did, the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Now watch this. What does that mean? Nobody gave a rip. Nobody cared about where he was. What did it all start with? It started with an independent spirit that brought him, are you listening to me? Brought him to a life of ruin. When you allow a de devilish spirit to get in you, and you're running away from pain, and you say, I'm going to get away from this, I can assure you that you're not on the incline of your life. You are on the decline. You will end up ruined in your life. You will end up at rock bottom. And remember what I'm about to tell you. Write it down. Nobody will like you. Nobody likes people with an independent spirit. You know, you can flaunt yourself, thank you all that. Can I tell you, nobody gives a rip. Nobody cares how tough you think you are, how cool you think you are, how right you think you are. Nobody cares about all that. But what you will do, listen to me, you'll push people away from you rather than draw people to you. And you will find yourself, if you've got an independent spirit, you will find yourself lonely. And you will be in want. And your spiritual life will be ruined. And you will be finding yourself in a place that's not pleasant. And the hurt that you ran, ran from and the place that you ran to has now complicated everything. And that's what we normally do. So we have to ask ourselves then, what is the return? How do I get out of that mess? How do I get where I need to be? How do I, how, okay, Brother Jack, I, I, I get this. I, I, I'm guilty. Well, how in the world do you turn it around? Well, this is not on your notes, but I'm going to tell you something that you need to write down. First thing you got to do is swallow your pride. You got to swallow your pride. It, it takes, a, you know, eating crow is not easy. Sometimes you have to say, I made a mistake. Sometimes you have to swallow pride and, and, and say, you know what, I need to get back where I need to be. And I've seen people that allow the independent spirit just dry them up spiritually. 
and destroy their life. Now, here is about five things I want to get you to write down. First of all, you've got to have a revelation. And only God can give you that. You know, you come listen to a bald-headed preacher from now to the cows come home, and you would say, well, I went to church, yada, 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 but you need a word from God. And the Bible says in Luke, and when he, what? Came to himself. When he came to himself, you know what that means? He looked at where he was. He began to evaluate his life. He looked at where he had been and where he is now. And the Bible said he had a V8 moment. And he came to himself. And he had that wow moment. Like, what have I done? And that's what's going to happen to you. You will have that moment where you go, what was I thinking when I wasn't thinking? What was I thinking? Yeah, I was in pain, but my gosh, where I am now is worse than where I was. And the Bible says he came to himself and he said this, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to eat and spare? And I'm sitting here in this pig pen, perishing with hunger. Can you imagine that moment when he's thinking, man, I used to have, what do you, what, how can you put that in, in our world? I used to have joy, but I don't have joy no more. I used to love life, but I don't love life no more. I used to be serving, but now I don't. I used to have a purpose, and I used to have zeal, and I used to have a, 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 a plan, and I used, to, I used to believe God. I used to look for God to do great things, but now that's all been sucked out of me. How did, do you think God changed on you? No. When we get an independent spirit, we start perishing. And we perish with hunger. What we used to have, we don't have no more. What used to be ours is not ours anymore. And I've seen it happen with families and churches and jobs. People get hurt. And then they get an independent spirit. And they forfeit a million things of what they could have had because they chose to let the devil fill them up with an independent spirit. And they look back on their life with regret. And they think, man, I've wasted so much stuff. And so now we find you've got to have a revelation. You've got to come to yourself. Then secondly... You gotta have a repentance about you. This is the hard part. This is the part that it's not easy. Uh, repentance is never easy. Repentance is a place that you have to swallow your pride and watch this. Be willing to take the blame. And be willing to say, you know what? I was wrong. I wasn't wrong that I got hurt, the pain was there, but I was wrong the way I reacted to it. And repentance is a difficult thing for most people. Why? Because we are proud people. And most of us operate more in the carnal life than we do the spiritual life. But if we're going to have a victory in our life, we have to repent. And the Bible says in Luke 15, verse 18, I will what? Come on, say it. I will arise and go to my Father. And I will say to him, Father... Come on now, everybody. I have sinned against heaven and before you. 
And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Do you see the difference now? Watch, watch this, y'all. This is so cool. In the beginning of the story, he said, give me. Give me mine. I, I want what's mine. Give it to me. In verse 19, it's not give me, it's now make me. I'm done with this independent spirit. I'm not in it no more for me. Do whatever you have to do to make me. You see the different attitude? The attitude totally changes now. Everything about his life is changing. Started out independent spirit. I want what's mine. Give it to me. A few verses later, I've been in the pig pen. I am sucking wind here. I'm dragging the bottom. I'm going to rise and go to my father and say to him, I've sinned, and I don't want you to give me anymore. Father, make me. You know what that means? You put yourself back in the hands of God. You put yourself back in the hand of God. And you say, Father, you know, I'm just a snotty-nosed brat. That's what I am. I'm just a brat. I'm like Molly. You know what? They told me to sit down, and I did, but I didn't want to. And I may have sat down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. And that's flat-out stinking rebellion. So what you do is you come to a place in your life where you put yourself back in the hand of God, and you say, God, make me. Whatever that takes, you make me. And when you're willing to do that, there's a miraculous thing that happens. Reconciliation takes place. When you swallow your pride from your independent spirit, reconciliation takes place. And the Bible says in Luke 15, and he arose and he came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him. You know what that indicates? The father was looking for him all alone. He was looking for him to come home and he had compassion on him and ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him. And the father said to, the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Can you imagine that moment when the father comes to the son? And I like what the scripture says. It says the father saw him and the father started running to him. See, when God sees your heart, and God sees that you are serious and you mean business with him. You don't have to run to him. He'll run to you. And there will be a wonderful reconciliation that takes place in your life. He won't say, you stinking brat. I told you so. He won't do that to you. He'll take you where you are and love you back into the family. Reconciling himself to you and you to him. What a beautiful father we serve. Can I get an amen? amen. And then there's restoration. He, he takes him and restores him. I like this part. He uh, does a work in his life. And look at what it says in verse number 22. It says, But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat. And be merry. 
Can I get an amen for a father like that? Can I get an amen? Can we give him praise for that? What a great God he is. Amen? So it isn't that he made him a servant. He put him right back in the place of sonship. And that's what God does. But when we have this wrong spirit, this wrong spirit pushes us away from him. And what you need is the last one of those, and that is revival. When you have revival, the joy comes back. The peace comes back. The purpose comes back. When you have authentic revival, there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory in your life that all of a sudden your spirit is not disconnected with God, but your spirit's back where it ought to be. It's under that protection. It's under that authority where God can bless you so that he can finish what he started in your life. And so I believe that we need revival in our churches. I believe that we need a revival in our land. And I believe that one of the things that has hindered revival so many times is the independent spirits. For people saying, you know what, I'm not going to do it God's way. If you're going to have a birthing of joy back in your heart, a birthing of peace back in your life, you cannot do it your way. you got to do it God's way. And that painkiller that Satan dangles, when you get hurt, he will say, you don't deserve that pain. And guess what? He may be right. And he will say, you know what? You were treated unjustly. So why don't you choose an independent spirit that you can run to? And when people run to that, they find themselves hurting eventually more than they were to begin with. I'm telling you this. I know a man that was treated unjustly. I know a man that suffered pain that he should not have suffered. I know a man that hurt more than our minds could comprehend. And he didn't deserve one bit of it. I'm so glad that he didn't choose an independent spirit. But what he chose is, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Aren't you glad that a God that died on the cross for you didn't say, I don't want nothing to do with them. But rather than doing that, choosing an independent spirit, he chose to say, no, not my will, but thine be done. And if I have to suffer pain for your will to be done, so be it. But I'm going to give you the bottom line, and that is this. An independent spirit is not a painkiller. An independent spirit is not a painkiller.
Even though the devil may tell you, yes it is, I'm telling you it's not. An independent spirit always brings ruin. It always brings other pain. So here's the question. Do you have one? Have you had one? Have you allowed an independent spirit to get in you that has caused real problems in your life? Are you one of those people that, for lack of a better term, you're hard-headed? That you go, I don't have an independent spirit. Well, just your countenance may say you do. The fact of the matter is, an independent spirit comes in very subtly and it changes you without you know that it's changing you. And it robs you, watch this, silently. It robs you silently, little by little, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And all of a sudden you look up and you're miserable and you're hurting and your hurt now is worse than the hurt that started it and the devil's got you exactly where he wants you to be. Now, in just a moment, we're going to invite ministers to come to this altar. And we're going to give an invitation today all over our campuses. And we're going to invite you to respond to three different things. The first one is the most important one. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, you've never invited Him into your heart, and you've never been saved, the most important decision you could ever make in your life is to invite Jesus in your heart and to become born again. In just a moment, I'm going to invite ministers to come down, and we're going to invite those of you that have never done that, have never invited Christ in your heart, and you'd like to make that decision today, we're going to invite you to take a step, a bold step. It's going to cause you to have to humble yourself. But we're going to invite you to take a bold step and come and just say, I want Jesus in my heart. And they will help you with that decision. The other decision that we're going to invite you to make is that if you're not a member of the church, but you'd like to be, we're going to invite you to step out, come to one of these ministers and tell them, I'd like to be a member of Eden Westside. And we want to give you that chance to do that. The other invitation that we're going to give you is an invitation at the altar. An altar that is open for you to come and kneel at. An altar that you can come and say to the Father, Father, I'm asking you to forgive me for my independent spirit. I want to get right with you. I want to get over this. And this altar is a place for you to do that. A place for you to come and kneel and Swallow your pride and go, God, I want to be happy again. I want the joy of the Lord again. I need you again. And so that, this altar is for you today. So as our ministers come, we're going to ask you to stand all over this building. And we're going to invite you to come. We're going to invite the River Campus to respond. And so today, they're going to sing a song. And as they begin to sing...
I'm going to invite you to come and pray and uh, make your decisions today for the Lord. So you come on now as we make these decisions. Let's do it. Let's sing together.